I guess I would lose my. <laughs> You're going to lose what? I would lose my OU credit if people knew I was an LSU baseball player. Oh, dude, who cares? Dude, we, I, I, I support LSU football. Like, I, I honestly, I like them. It's not I that like big the deal. Team. It's just the whole, it's the whole just... Lincoln Ryland LSU thing. No, it's the really LSU good. fan base that gets me ah, for football. I love them. I love how passionate they are. Yeah, I love, but... how they'll, I love how they'll talk crap to your face, but then off, also offer you the food as you're walking by. It's a cool thing, cool dynamic. Yeah. You know? uh, <laughs> but uh, but no. Um, but did you see the uh, the Ole Miss uh, defensive tackle that plays baseball? Uh, he's like six foot four, three hundred pounds, had a walk off home run for Ole Miss today. Just straight I'll up have to. It, I'll have to check it out, man. That sounds very interesting. But no, dude, he's a freaking behemoth. Like he looks like Frank Thomas at the plate. I know, but I'm just ready for SEC baseball to start because there's nothing else like it. Like mm-hmm. it's it's unreal that I can sit there and watch LSU put up 15 runs a game against towns in Maine. They get their ass beat by tech, but that's another story. <laughs> um, but the pitching that comes out of the SEC, it's unreal. Like you saw yeah. last year, LSU had the bats hot as I've ever seen. LSU had the bats hot, and then all of a sudden they get to SEC play and they can't hit the barn, the right side of the barn. Yeah, the barn side of a barn. And that's just the way it is. It's honestly like I understand the whole – SEC dynamic of things, but it's like, you know, you have football, a few really great teams, one always a great team. And then I honestly, I'll say this baseball, basketball, I'll say golf, everything else. They got their shit. They got their shit figured out. I will say that in my opinion, SEC, this might shock a lot of people, but I think SEC is more dominant in baseball than they are football. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. I, I do agree with that, but it's funny. I see in basketball, though, I see the tides changing to, to the Big 12, you know, becoming like yep. the powerhouse. Of that, that is true. You know, that is true. March like, Madness is coming, oh baby. Oh, my God, dude. Well, okay. Well, how awesome is it that every single year for us, my birthday on the 16th, yours on the 19th is always right at the beginning or like the first, first second. Saturday oh, of dude. March Madness this year's birthday. Let's go. Dude, every single year, take off that Thursday and Friday from school. I'm doing that for freaking work this week, taking off one of those days, probably that Friday to to watch March Madness, dude. I, it's just so cool because it's, you know, always on our birthday. I mean, it's just something, this is something that's always been special to us. I love it. But no, basketball's freaking March Madness is coming up. We're going to be doing a, you know, a group bracket. That's going to be pretty dope. But, you know, one thing about basketball I've been watching, I'm not going to say I've been watching all year long. I've honestly been paying attention closely these probably past two and a half weeks now. And yeah, once, uh, once Super Bowl was over, that's really when I picked it up. Yeah. I actually picked it up more towards one. I started picking it up once the national championship for football was over. That yeah. Honestly, I believe that was a great game in my opinion. It really yeah. showed how far OU has to go to get to that level mm-hmm. because the speed that was just on the field was mm-hmm. unreal. Yeah. But uh, back to what I was saying, I, I'm i just excited that SEC is taking things a lot more serious than just football because you're right. The basketball has stepped it up tremendously and that will only help OU out in all other sports too when it comes yeah. to that which I'm really excited OU's definitely gonna have to update their baseball field their baseball facilities because like I said I think the baseball in the SEC is more dominant than football yeah for sure and, and, and but the one thing about going back to the basketball aspect of it is the SEC, it's, you know, it's always been like Kentucky and more recently, like Alabama being a lot more prominent there. But if, have you seen who the favorite is to win everything this year right now? If you had to guess, but it's not Gonzaga. Kentucky. I saw this the other day and <laughs> no, it wasn't Kentucky. Yeah. Well, I looked it up today and it was Kentucky Wait, not- at. Uh, when I, God, I think it was 125. Last time I looked at it, it's been a couple of days, but Purdue was up there. Yeah. Which is my one of my teams I think is actually gonna 
do a lot of damage. Yeah. But I think Kansas, Kentucky, Purdue, and of course Gonzaga is going to be there with, you know, they still have Timmy, but then this freaking Chet Holmgren guy that they have, like, holy crap, that guy. I mean, as much as a lot of people would hate to see it, I would not be surprised at all if Paulo, Brancuro, and Duke actually Mm -hmm. make a solid run because they have, in my eyes, the only thing that's going to beat them is one of these big men. You got Kessler from Auburn. You got – what's the guy from Purdue? Etsu? I think I, I don't know how to pronounce it to be honest. Do you know that. the seven foot five guy? About. Yeah, I know who you're talking anybody about. that in the course Gonzaga with their big guy, anybody who has a big yeah, tall Timmy, freak Chet like Holmgren. that. Well, you yeah. got Drew Timmy, who's almost he's I would say he's probably six nine to seven foot. I'm not, not but not you exactly take sure. away that height and Duke's the all around most complete team I've seen so far yeah. out of what I've seen. My pick, if I had to guess it right now, again, I'm going to fill out the brackets. It's going to be something completely different, right? But I would think Kentucky would probably win it from what I've seen. But I think my dark horse is actually going to be Texas Tech. The way that they've been Damn going it. around that and was sitting my there pick. and just beating the crap out of all That's these people. That's my pick as my yeah, dark man. horse. Dude, they got the freaking chip on their shoulder. You know, and, and I, know. I can see why you do, right? It's because their freaking coach who set them into – Their defense, their man. Defense, their right? base. That oh. Chris Beard, dude, he's one of those guys. And again, what he did was like, I understand why they're pissed off. Like, because Oklahoma can kind of understand we that. Can relate, right? We can relate. We can relate. But Chris Beard literally set a, I know it's only the first year out, but he has set that platform to where it's, or that foundation, I guess you can say, to where it's completely secure to where he's gone and they're still just as good as they were. If not, maybe yeah. a little bit better. You know what I mean? So, um, I will say this. I don't know if I'm as sold as some people are on Auburn mm-hmm. because I watched them play Arkansas. That's another team I'm very bullish on as Arkansas this mm-hmm. year, too. Uh, Arkansas kind of bullied them around in the paint, and Kessler got in foul trouble, and when he got out, it was – it was over. Like they couldn't do anything against Arkansas. So I think Arkansas is a good play, but Auburn kind of scares me Mm -hmm. to take far in the bracket this year. I understand. I understand. And again, Bruce Pearl, great coach, but he hasn't really shown. Fantastic. Well, he hasn't shown anything about being able to make it far into the tournament anyway. So I completely understand that. What are you talking about? They went to the final four a couple of years ago. Yeah. Final four. Yeah. Yeah. What, what once and how long has he been at Auburn? Let's see. That's a question I'm actually going to look up here. 10 years. 10 years. I think so. Yeah. Let's see. Auburn. But, you know, I just this is when college basketball gets exciting. And I know football is over, college baseball. I seem, I feel like it's getting a little bit bigger this year just because Major League Baseball isn't doing anything. You know, well, of course, our boy stuff. Ben Mintz has been growing the it. game. Yeah. No, I know it's pretty heavy. Shout out uh, Ben Mintz, Shreveport's own, man. I love it. No, he's killing it over there at Barstool. He really is. Um, but, I think college that this is where to it gets go really to fun. the LSU Tech He's been there since baseball. 14, so this is his eighth year. Okay, so Tennessee better part of the decade. Yeah, you know, from 05 but to 11. Going back to what you're saying about Ben Mintz, the fact that this is how much the college game, college baseball has grown mm-hmm. since he started doing the grow the game last year. That the game I went to, the Tech LSU game, where I sat in the outfield for free, <laughs> just walked up there and just stood there and watched the whole game. Yeah. In 33 degree misting uh, weather, it was, I couldn't feel my fingers or toes by the time it was done. Uh, to get inside the stadium and sit in, in there, it was $200. $200 to get in. That's, dude, that's where it's going to get. Like, and I think, College baseball doesn't need a little bit more credit because it can be freaking electric at times. It can be dude, they, I mean, like, sometimes too, though. Who's the dude? I saw somebody. It was a guy that works for Barstool. He played at Virginia. I think it was last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was at Virginia last year. You're talking about the pitcher, I, I think, right? Yeah. And he, he put up a video of a Florida State player hitting a triple and him sliding in and getting up and just – Mm-hmm. adrenaline pumping you don't get that in the mlb yeah. that's why i prefer college yeah yeah just the passion and you know all that stuff and yeah it's really the southeast like the sec but then also you have dude it you is know, like, you have that but then there's also 
you know, some other big time, like you like the small schools. That's what really gets these small schools out there, like Cal State, Fullerton, you know, uh, even like Rice at one point, you know, was a powerhouse in baseball. Tulane, Tulane. Southern Miss. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. Like these smaller schools Wichita get to shine State. a little bit with that. Yeah, you know, um, but no, I, I, can't, I can't wait for baseball again. The World Series times where I pay attention to baseball pretty much around that time. We got to go to Omaha one year, man. We, we got to. to. That, that's definitely on a bucket list. And I'm a lot closer to Omaha now than I used to be here in Oklahoma. Yeah. So, uh, but that, but let's kind of transition going into a little bit of football talk, you know, because that's something I think me and you understand the most, right? I would say it's probably football, basketball, then baseball. Um, but, you know, we, we like to talk a lot of college stuff here, right? But before we get into, because I think next week we're going to start talking about like the combine, stuff like that. You know, we'll get in a little bit NFL talk there as well. But, before we start talking about like the future of college football and where it's going to go, I want to talk about like, let's talk about like the past of it all. Right. Like, yeah. cause I saw uh, something and I actually put it out there on Twitter on the swampy sports Twitter page and it had a few different people. Like I pretty much put like a few games or put other, and I had some, you know, feedback, but I asked what's the, the best college football game since like pretty much into two thousands to now. And I wanted to go back and forth. You know, we'll just pick like three or four of them. Just you want to start sticking your let's, mind. Yeah, let's do so let's do five. Okay, and we'll start. Do you want to go five to one or or could we? I guess we'll we start, start number, at like it doesn't have to be like number one. Okay. Let's just start naming them off because I have a feeling we're probably gonna have the same ones at some points. So let's just keep well, going. Kind of like a all right, my situation. my number one was uh, two thousand five USC Texas. Okay. Great. Yeah, best, that's definitely on mine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, best the amount of NFL played. talent that yes. was on there. It was insane. And the fact that it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, I know that. The Vince Young. Dude, oh, my God. Vince Young. You know, Lindell White and Reggie Lindell Bush. White. Who was the running back for Texas at the time? Uh, Jamal, Jamal Charles. Charles. Yeah, Jamal Charles. You had Lima Swede. You know, um, who was it? Jarrett. Jarrett Lee. No, not Jarrett Lee. That was a quarterback for, was it Jarrett Lee, the receiver for USC? Or is that the quarterback for LSU back around that time? Like, oh, Dwayne Jarrett. Dwayne Jarrett. That's who it was. Mm -hmm. uh, so him, and then you had freaking, who was a linebacker in court for USC? Brian Cushing. Uh, you had um, uh, Brian Cushing. You had Clay Matthews. And then Clay the Matthews. guy who played for Cincinnati, I forget his name. Yeah, it was like Hawaiian or like Polynesian yep. descent, something like that. Yeah, no, he had like that. Uh, uh, I think he was like starting to grow the Troy Polamalu type here uh, mm -hmm. at one point. That one. Okay, so that's your first pick there. So I'll go ahead and take that one <laughs> off my board. But um, my number one is another national championship game. But the 2016 or 2015 season. Clemson, Alabama. Clemson walks it off with that uh, that like little pick screen to uh, to Hunter Renfro to get Clemson. That was we knew their first. Uh, well, that game. was uh, two thousand um, sixteen, I think. Going that was uh, yeah, it was sixteen. Yeah, that was 16. sixteen. So that one was was amazing. But even the year before that, the, that Alabama Clemson game, I think was another like that was uh, my oh. number four. Was it okay? Well, yeah, number four that. for me. So I'm going to take the 2016 Clemson Alabama national championship game. Sean Watson just blew it out of the water. Yeah, and I'll go back to that game because I remember it specifically, just because the main reason why I think that Alabama won the year before is because they had Derrick Henry. Yeah, that, but then and, was O.J. Howard actually took over that game, though. Yeah, but <laughs> what I'm saying is his being able to pound the rock forced Clemson to respect the run game, which opened up yeah. the pass game for Bama. So that was the key factor that had Derrick Henry. And if you go back and watch that game where Clemson actually did end up beating Bama mm -hmm. it, with Deshaun Watson throwing it to Hunter Info, Bo Scarborough got hurt in that first half. Yep. Broke his leg, so it, I I strongly believe that they would have had Bo Scarborough. That game might have been different. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Here you go. Number two. Uh, my second one. As much as it pains me to say this, because oh Oklahoma, I know, I know Oklahoma should have been playing in this game, but I gotta go. 2017, Bama, Georgia. National championship game. Oh, okay. um, See, I thought you were going to bring up the Oklahoma. 
Oh, okay. I didn't, no, I didn't even put yeah. that game on. Yeah, no, we're not. We're not talking about that one. <laughs> but okay. uh, 2017, Bama, Georgia. The fact that Nick Saban's had the Kahunas mm-hmm. to go he to did. a go, drop a guy that had won him was it 26 games in a 26 games, and he had the Kahunas to drop him and Stay go balls, with a nuts. say whatever, man. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he had the balls to go to his backup quarterback, and with that comeback, it was electric. I stayed up and watched the whole thing. Could not believe it was happening. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember. I just remember the pass. It's I can like, and again, I've seen the highlights, but I can just remember my reaction because I was. This is you know, yeah. Say what you want about me. I was living at my parents' house at that time, right? But I remember sitting. I was the only one up, and I remember sitting there. And I just I was sitting on the couch and I was just like, okay, I saw him drop back the pass, but I saw him just cock back and I thought to myself, holy crap, and freaking landed it. And again, that was Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith's freshman year. That yep. thing wide open in the corner, like just caught it stride into the end. So I was like, holy crap. Like that was that was insane. So okay, gotcha. All right. So Alabama, Georgia. Um next one I'm gonna take is uh there's a pretty kind of kind of controversial ending. A lot of uh, missed penalties or, you know, some say could have gone the other way. Definitely the NCAA football, um, I think, 03 game or 04 game had this on as like a classic to like change the course of history. But the 2003 Fiesta Bowl, Ohio State versus Miami, that double overtime yeah, game. Great Ohio game. State, great game. I will say probably the greatest college football team probably behind the 2020 LSU team. Man, I... 31-24 Ohio State winning in two overtimes. That was... I would pay... I I actually still remember watching that game, even though I was... I tell you right now, I would pay $1,000 for a ticket to go and watch 2019 LSU play against 01 Miami. Yeah, I would pay a thousand dollars to watch that for sure. You know, I'd probably go. I'd probably be there with you to be honest. That 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 would have been a badass game. But I think yeah. my, I think Miami would come out to be honest with you. I really do. Um, but that you know, again, that's another like loaded NFL roster game. Again, more on that Miami side that people know of, but also you know Ohio State, Jim Trestle, all that stuff. So uh, cool. All right, keep going. This is your third. All right, so number three. Now. I don't know why, but this game didn't had no scoring whatsoever. I'm going with 2011 Bama LSU, the first time they played. When I tell you that I had never been more entertained by no offense yeah. than I had ever been in my life, the fact it was just I was just so amazed of how Alabama was able to move the ball seemingly at will with Trent Richardson the whole game. But when they got to the red zone, LSU's defense bowed up and made the plays they had to make to win the game. And I, it will go down as I believe the game with the most NFL talent I'd ever seen on one field. Probably up there as well. And again, I feel like there's a common denominator between these games that we, that we're picking more NFL talent is the NFL talent is on the field for sure. Yeah. Um, But my next one might not be that actually. Uh, Okay. It probably was right. But this is just one of those games that has always stuck in my mind of being such a great game that, um, I even had this game. You remember the iPods that they had before the iPod Touch with the scroll thing that you can download? I know what you're talking about to say. You know exactly what I'm talking about. 2006, Ohio State, Michigan, where Ohio State wins 42-39. Troy Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner for that year, probably one of the most forgotten Heisman Trophy winners of all time. He had one of the craziest, probably the smoothest fake handoff I've ever seen in that game. He just bombs it downfield. But, dude, that Ohio State – what, Ohio State was one, Michigan was two, or vice versa. I can't remember. Yep, it was one-two. Yeah, and those two just came in. I remember the hype that whole week. Oh, yeah. And we're living in Louisiana, and some odd reason we gave a crap about it, right? And, again, (laughs) this is us when we're, like, 11, or at least I'm 11. You're, like, 13. And for some odd reason, again, sports has always been our thing. I was so hyped for this game, and it was just the greatest – like, this is – that's, like, one of the – games that has stayed in my mind 
all my life. And I think about it every now and then, especially that fake handoff. So 2006, Ohio State, Michigan. Who was it? Chad Henney? Chad Henney. Josh Hart on the Michigan side. But then you also had Mario Manningham on the Mario Michigan Manning. side. Then Ohio State, you had Troy Smith. And then you had Ted Ginn Jr. And then who was the other one? Uh, Anto- is it Antonio Holmes? San Antonio Holmes. San Antonio Holmes, Holmes uh, for Ohio State as well. So that passing game was freaking incredible. To be honest, I was 11 paying attention to the offense, didn't care about defense back then, but that's that's definitely my third pick there. They had uh, Ohio State had uh, James Laurinaitis as their middle linebacker. Larry, I was actually trying to think about him the other day. I was trying to think of who yep. it was. Yeah, dude, that dude was a baller. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was a dog. Well, I've already said you t- my fourth one was the Bama Clemson game where Bama actually mm-hmm. won in 2015. That was my fourth one. Gotcha. Okay. A year yeah. before Watson. Before and Watson actually won. Yeah. I thought I thought that the 2015 game was way better than the 2016 yeah. game on the sole fact like I brought up earlier, where I thought that Bo Scarborough going out of the game had a huge effect on the outcome. I see it. In my it was my opinion. That's just yeah. my injuries opinion. Injuries tore that dude down, man. Yeah. I mean that he was he was destined for greatness i think yeah. um but uh okay awesome so i'm gonna go ahead and just uh let's go say this one because it was just probably the most fun game to watch at least for me again it was a little stressful it being an ou game but uh 2016 oklahoma texas tech where baker mayfield and patrick mahomes they do it out what was it? I think it was a total of like 1,700 total yards, 125 yeah, but, points. Um, what was it? Mahomes had Patrick like 734 Mahomes, yards. Patrick Mahomes, like had, had, Mahomes had over 800 total yards. Yeah. And Baker threw for, I think, 575. And like, what was it, seven touchdowns or something on his end? Yeah. <laughs> Did Joe, okay. But the Joe one Mixon person, was making one-handed yes. grabs left well, and right. Everyone talks about Mahomes. Like every year you, you see these things on ESPN or whatever, and they're like, so and so four years ago, Mahomes and Baker battled it out. But it's like, yeah, they had great games. But Joe Mixon, I think he had like, I don't, I have to look up a stat line. I, I think I he almost had close that. to 300 total yards. Yeah, something like that. Um, but Joe Mixon had probably one of the single greatest like games besides Samaj P. Ryan's record breaking game against Kansas. Granted, he oh, broke yes, the sir. record, right? But it was Kansas, right? So, yeah. Um, but no, Joe Mixon had uh, 263 yards and 31 carries for two touchdowns, but then also had 114 yards and three touchdowns receiving. So he had five total touchdowns that game as well. Yep. So I think that's definitely an overshadowed game. But I'll take the 2016 Oklahoma Texas Tech game. All right. And my fifth and final one it's kind of an off the radar game, and not a lot of people are going to remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it was such a great game because, for one, it was it, – so it's 2019, Notre Dame went to Athens, Georgia, and played Georgia. It was CBS mm-hmm. night game. Um, I actually ended up watching this whole game on my wife's phone at a wedding because I had to go to a wedding. So I sat on in the reception – I sat over in the side with a bunch of guys at a table and we crowded around and we watched this whole game. And the reason why it stuck out so much to me is the fact that I literally going into this game, I thought Georgia was just going to blow Notre Dame out of off this planet. I thought they were going to beat them down. Thought that Notre Dame didn't have the fight in them, didn't have the speed to keep up with Georgia. And then Notre Dame just comes out and just pops them in the mouth. And it took, Till the last drive of the game where Georgia had the ball and scored to take the lead. Mm-hmm. And I was just so – it just still sticks to me of how great a game that was. And it was a night game at Georgia. The crowd was electric. It was a – I. it just sticks out that out to me because of, once again, a lot of NFL talent on the field. For sure. For sure. Okay. Oh, man. I have uh... – I still have two more on my list I haven't been taking, and this is our last one. So I'm going to say one that I think deserves to be on the list, and then I'll do an honorable mention. Honorable mention. So I'm going to go ahead and say 
in the end, the reason I'm putting this on there is just because one, it was probably a bigger game in my eyes of like how it went. Cause it was, it's an iron bowl game. And the other one is just, it's a rivalry as well, but it was earlier in the season, but no, it is not. It is actually 2013, the cam back where Cameron Newton actually 2010. brought uh, 2000. 2013 was, oh my gosh, that's right. That's right. No, 2010. The I was still in high school. Yeah. So yeah, no, I was like, back. no, because when I said 2013, I just kept going. I was like, that didn't sound right. Just keep going. But no, yeah, 2010, Cam Newton bringing them back against Alabama and you know, I saw, and what made me think about this was I saw a video a while back, and it was Cam Newton in the locker room at the game, and they were down by, I think it was by 20 points or something at that point at halftime. I, I can't remember what it was, but he was sitting there, and he was just bopping his head. Yeah, music playing in the background. He straight up was just like, he's like, when you lost the game, he's like, we're going to win this game. What are you talking about? And he comes back out, and that solidifies his Heisman uh, trophy. Pretty much guarantees them, you know, they're definitely going to go to SC Championship, one of the yeah. national championships. Um, Cam Newton probably – because of his size, definitely one of the greatest college quarterbacks ever played. Oh, I will say this: athleticism, stuff like Cam that. Newton is. I'll take 2010 I, Auburn, yeah. Alabama. I will say this: Cam Newton, in my opinion, greatest college quarterback to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. Greatest college quarterback to ever play the game. Greatest athlete for sure. Um, the fact that they didn't have one NFL player on that offense. Wait, so you're telling me that? Die the running back didn't even make it to the NFL. Nope, <laughs> that shows a lot. <laughs> uh, and another thing that just wow. blows my mind is do you remember Barkevius Mingo that played at West yep. Monroe? Yeah, played for drafted LSU. six played overall by the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I was with uh, my friend Gonzo who does the picks with us. And he played with Barkevius Mingo at West Monroe. And the story I got is when they played, when LSU played Auburn that year, Barkevius Mingo got a free range blitz, like just came straight. Nobody picked him up. And he said that he hit Cam Newton the hardest he has ever hit somebody right in the thigh. And Barkevius Mingo just bounced off of him. And Cam Newton stepped up and threw a touchdown pass. That's pretty much what it is. The dude's a machine. He's got freaking literal. He's like he's got like the biggest lower body I've seen on someone that's not an offensive lineman since Adrian. He's a tank. It's a tank. You're trying to tackle. Yeah. So okay. Cool. (laughs) Well, do you have any honorable missions before I get to mine? Um. I really don't because there's just so many games. It's Mm -hmm. so hard to pick. So hard. I understand. Yeah. And again, I, I put like five or six down thinking you'd probably take some of mine, which somehow <laughs> we didn't, which is, which I'm surprised about, but yeah. Um, but no, I am going with uh, the 2008 Texas tech, Texas game. Number seven, Texas tech versus number one, Texas. Wow. I game, can't believe I forgot about that game to Michael game, Crabtree. Oh, dude, that is like the fact, the fact that, it was supposed to be an out route to go out of bounds. He catches it and spins off two defenders right at the edge of the of the sideline and then runs into the end zone. It was amazing. Sits there and knocks off number one Texas, which for us was exhilarating, but then also just seeing them go down. But then I feel like that's when the entire country just started shifting towards Texas Tech. And then we won't get into the later part of the season when Oklahoma just blows the living dog crap out of them. Uh, they say <laughs> that the stadium hasn't been that loud since. So. Oh my gosh! Well, I don't. Mm, like that was that was crazy. Like that was such a great game as well. Um, Michael Crabtree, Graham Harrell. That's back when Colt McCoy was on the team uh, for Texas. Um, was it what the Shipley? Uh, Shipley, the first Shipley brother, I believe. What was it? Jordan Shipley. Yep. Uh, I think it was the first one. Uh, it was just great seeing the number one number one team in Texas being brought down on a game-winning touchdown just the way it ended. That was, that's, that's, that's my, that's my uh, honorable mention there for sure. So I yep. love that. But uh, cool, dude. I, see, I love going into the past there, but uh, talking about that, we'll do a lot more of those, you know, like top five, you know, drafts, stuff like that, you know, different things here during the offseason. But um, one thing we're definitely going to talk about is kind of the future of college football, what it's going to look like. Cause there's so many things going on right now, like an opt-out at the end of the year, NIL, transfer portal, 
you know, a new SEC coming into the works in the next couple of years, stuff like that. But JD, you were you were actually texting me something while I was at Disney World, so I was trying to kind of understand what you were saying at the same time. But I was a little confused. But I wanted you to kind of just go over because you said you had you know some ideas that you've heard about like making the bowl games at the beginning of the year or some. All right, something. so this is a thought I've had for a while, and I think it would be great. It's it came about my this thought process came about when the term meaningless bowl game became a thing because ESPN mm-hmm. was pushing who's in the playoff, who's in the playoff. Guess what? You have Christian McCaffrey now opting out of the sun bowl, which wasn't that terrible of a bowl, but it wasn't a new Year's six bowl. But now you have kids opting out of new Year's six bowls, yeah. which I'm like, how are you going to opt out of that? But I understand. I understand it. I understand what's been happening. So my thought process to keep the bowl games relevant, now, from what my understanding is that the main one of the main contributors to the reason why the bowl the playoff will not be expanded right now is because the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl are not owned by ESPN. So they get to dictate when their games are played mm-hmm. under this current format. So my thought process is why don't we allow the Rose Bowl, so Los Angeles and New Orleans to be permanent playoff spots. Permanent playoff location, semifinal location games. For an expanded 12-team playoff, all the uh, the first two rounds, in my opinion, should be played at on-campus sites. Mm-hmm. So you deal with the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl that way. You hold it on New Year's Day so they can have it on New Year's Day the way they int- they want to intend to have it. So, yes, you got a question? Well, I was going to say, think about this way, though. A big thing about, like, these postseason games, right, even the playoffs, bowl games, stuff like that, yeah. a lot of it is both teams get paid to go to these bowl games, but if you have them at, neutral or i'm sorry at campus stadiums will the away team still get paid normally as if it was just an away game like say if it was like a non-conference game coming in would that be the same are you talking about um for the preseason or the first season and i'm talking about for the first round of the playoff where you said to be played in like in like on campus so like let's say oh what would happen yeah so no what would happen is they would get paid the same that they would for a playoff game, a gotcha. playoff appearance. Gotcha. So, okay. yeah, first two sites, first two rounds on campus, mm-hmm. semifinals, you do the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. New Year's Day, so the Rose Bowl can have that 5 p.m. sunset thing they like to have in the parade mm-hmm. and everything. So you have that. And then you bid out the national championship like you're already doing right now. But what I was getting at with moving the bowls to Labor Day weekend, one, you don't get any opt-outs on the first game of the year. Two, you get a hell of a lot of great opening weekend matchups. Think about it. Two years ago when Florida and Georgia, Florida and Oklahoma played in the Cotton Bowl, think about instead of having that game played where half of Ross, Dan Mullen's complaining about his roster, he wouldn't have had anything to complain about or give as an excuse for why Oklahoma beat his, his teeth in if it's the first weekend of the year and it's Florida, Georgia, and Dallas. Florida, Oklahoma. Florida, Oklahoma, and Georgia. Okay. Sorry, sure Florida, like, Oklahoma, no, and Jacksonville. <laughs> but you know what I'm. You know what I mean. Okay. So think about that. The first, oh, first game of the year, you are playing. Oklahoma's playing Florida in Dallas, okay. and it's it's not scheduled in advance. You don't know who you're playing till the season's over. Okay. I can see where you're coming from that, but let me ask you this. Again, think about this from. I, it's hard for us to think about this from a player standpoint, right? Or even just like a program standpoint, because we're just idiots looking in, right? Mm-hmm. But what's the end goal of a season and what's the reward for having more than six games, right? So like, let's say like, is this going to be like, you know, say if it's an Independence Bowl in Shreveport, would we have 
BYU versus UAB yep. at the beginning of the year. Okay. Yep. So what's the reward to go on, right? Let's say if you are senior season, you lose your last game of the year, right? Let's say if you're a, let's go with UAB and say, if you lose to middle Tennessee or something like that in the last game of the year, but you're like, you know, you have seven wins, so you can go to bowl game. Is that just going to be your last game? Like, wh- what do you do at yeah, that Yeah, that's just your that last takes, game. I think that takes a lot away from what college football well, is about. What, what's going on right now, Dylan? We're having games that are being played by – yes, you want that – the coaches want that extra practices to develop guys, but we're not getting quality games, like with the best athletes on the field that okay. these teams have to offer. Okay. But let's think about it from his fan perspective as well is so the only postseason games we'll have would be the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. There's like normal professional leagues, which is pretty much what Nancy we're already going to. in yeah. that direction. Anyway, exactly. So. I see that, but it's different when you have 32 teams compared to what, like 120 or 130. I can't remember. 127. 131 now as 131 now, you know, other teams there. So it's like, you have to think about, so it's four teams right now compared to 130. Well, Dylan, this is for when the playoff expands to 12. Okay. So 12 teams can, you know, then you have the other hundred and, you know, 17 or whatever it's going to be. Right. I'm not terrible about math, but I, I don't think that I understand the whole, I think there's other ways around this whole opting out thing. I think it's just things we're going to have to live with because I think if you do that, what's going to keep a, let's say if, uh, say if Oklahoma state, you know, has one of the top, you know, say if like they had the, uh, a couple of years ago, they had Shuba Hubbard and Tyrone Wallace, right? Let's say if they, there's a school that has like a top receiver running back combo and they have nine wins on the season, right? Cause the rest of the team just wasn't as good as them. What's going to stop them you know, from say if Oklahoma doesn't play Oklahoma State again, there's not another bedlam. What's going to stop them from opting out in week 11 or 12? Um, NFL scouts telling them that your draft stock's going to hit, take a hit. Okay. So why don't they tell them that when it's the bowl game? Because it's an exhibition. Okay. But what's the difference between just dropping out on the last game of the season. I see what you're saying. In the last game of the season. Well, by this time, if this does go into fruition, won't the schools be paying players by that time anyway? Not not the way you're thinking. Because that's like the one rule in the NIL thing is that the schools can't make the NIL deals for the players. They have to pretty much do it on the outside sources pretty much. Yeah. So that's like the only thing that sucks. But I just don't I, – I see, I just want to keep – and again, I'm – I'm only 26, but I definitely have that old school mentality of like bowl games are supposed to mean something. And I think it's getting to the point to where only bowl games actually mean stuff to mid-major conferences. So if it's yep. like Big 12, Pac-12, but they, I also, might, they might matter for the Pac-12 actually. But uh, the other, uh, what, three conferences or whatever, uh, or four conferences there, yeah. they really don't care. But if you're Middle Tennessee and you get to go to the freaking like, you know, army military bull or something like that dude it's gonna be pretty awesome because that's gonna be your last game i mean okay so i also have another theory of like what possibly could end up happening because of what the fallout from the playoff expansion talk Mm -hmm. greg sankey's not happy that this thing did not get it Uh, greg sankey for everyone who doesn't know is the sec Yes, he's commissioner? SEC commissioner. commissioner yeah. He's not happy because nobody – they couldn't come to an agreement. And he's done already said, I don't know if we're going to be up for expansion when it comes back around. So that's already got me thinking that if by the time it comes – expansion talk comes around again, he might just say, you know what, we're picking up and y'all are Division Two now. We're Division One. We're making – I'm making my own league. He's going to take Clemson. He's going to take Florida State. He'll take Notre Dame. And guess who's going to fall in line right there with them because they have the money. It's the Big Ten. And guess what I think is going to happen? You're going to take the top 32 teams in college football, and they will be part of the Big Ten, the SEC, and they will be their own division. And you could see – we could keep the bowl games at the end of the year, and you got some regu- uh, regulation going on where mm-hmm. – they Vanderbilt has to play 
let's say, Central Florida or Cincinnati and they get their teeth kicked in, well, Vanderbilt drops out of the Big Ten SEC Division One, and guess what? Cincinnati gets brought back up in there. Yeah, and I understand. Well, with them going to the Big 12, you know, I'm sure they'll be going into that as well. But I, if, I agree with you. I think that's the only way we keep – and again, me being the, the old school guy here is – if you, if we create, because again, it's going to be insulting if you tell freaking, you know, let's say, let me ask you this, would the American conference be going or they stay in the group of five? Because they call themselves, they do like, they have like the, the thing on the back of their helmet says, you know, P6, which means power six, you know. But, yeah. You know, okay. Go play in the SEC okay. and tell well, no, me. I'm asking you in your mind and this whole thing is the, so the American conference is not going. No, what I'm explaining now is the fact that the SEC and the Big Ten will have so much money to the fact that they can literally say it's just football. We are uplifting just football programs. We're going to take the top 32 football programs, and these players are going to now be employees of the Southeastern Conference and Big Ten. They're not even going to be employees of their schools. Okay. Wasn't this kind of a thing happening when OU and Texas decided to go to SEC? Like, because I remember they, there was a thing called like the alliance between like the Pac-12, Big Ten. No, that was just what was an that? gentleman's agreement to schedule games broke, against by the way. it. Yep, they, they it's freaking. I think it was the Big Already Ten came out broke the other it. day. Straight up came out. I was like, yeah, I don't think we're gonna be able to do and that. You know what upsets me the most is we would have already had <laughs> expansion agreed upon uh-huh. because they were going to announce expansion at the beginning of the football season. Yeah. But because the whiny bitches at Texas A&M wanted to ruin everything and spill the beans about Texas and OU joining the SEC, that stopped all of it because that pissed off the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 because they're like, whoa, hold, hold up. You've been planning on this expansion, but then you're taking all the best teams. Which savage move by Greg Sankey, well, Okay, well, And I understand why they're getting upset, right? But why would it make sense for Oklahoma or Texas to join the Pac-12 or the Big Ten and have to travel all up north there when you yep. can just go straight down to the southeast? You know, because, well, one thing is Oklahoma already travels to the freaking West Virginia, you know, every other year. So kind of that's like the furthest that they ever travel. So what that wouldn't make sense to do that money-wise at least um you know conferences are not even regional anymore it's you know i don't know i think it it does need to kind of be i feel like i I agree with kind of what you're saying is i don't agree it should happen but i agree it's probably what's going to work best is we you do get the power five teams pretty much being they're not going to call themselves division one because i guess because what i was going to say earlier it's going to be a little insulting to the rest of the college football community like you know like the mac you know, Pac-12, stuff like that. People who get offers we, from the schools, say, yeah. you know, because like high schooler kids, you know, if you think about the kids in high school, if they get an offer from Toledo or, you know, say D1. or something like that, they're like, hey, I'm a D1 athlete, right? But at that point, if they change it, it'll be like, the, no one calls themselves like D2 athlete. Like, again, like all respect to D2, <laughs> D3 athletes, right? Like, because you're doing something I couldn't do. So I'm not talking crap on you at all. No, right? not at all. Like, like I know sports. I was – okay at basketball okay at baseball really wasn't that good at football but i'm not talking trash there but i'm, I'm talking about sole fact of they they're going to change it to something stupid remember like the big 10 with the legends and you know whatever they called their conferences for a couple of years or whatever it was like legends and leaders or something you know it's going to be something along that lines but they can't change it to d there's no way they can call people who get a freaking football scholarship to you know, University of South Florida is a freaking a D2 athlete. We can't do that. So I don't know what they're yeah. going to change to, but I feel like that's what they're going to have to do is that the Power Five is going to become its own thing, have their own national champion. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's a good idea to give, you know, Mac, you know, Mountain West, American, you know, American would be the new powerhouse of that, you know, division. And I've also – give I've them also, their own national champion. Yeah. I think that would be pretty cool. And honestly, I think if you do separate the group of five and the power five, mm-hmm. I think I've told you this before. I believe to give the group of five 
their own separate window for opportunity of being viewed, have them play on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. People I'm not going to watch eat, those games on Tuesday. People Wednesday. will eat that up, Dylan, especially if you got playoff spots on the I understand Maction, right? I understand the whole like, oh, let's watch Thursday Night Football and stuff like that. It's cool, right? Yeah, but think about it this way too. Even on the biggest platform, like I don't care what anyone says, the NFL is still bigger than college football. No one really cares about the Thursday night games because I'm going to come home from my work and well, I'm not going to watch on and Tuesday and Wednesday. But I'm again, that's still during the week. I'm not going to watch that. If that makes so, sense. you're telling me if Appalachian State was playing Cincinnati on a Tuesday night, you wouldn't watch that? I might. Coastal Carolina is playing BYU again on a Wednesday night. Kind of, it's it's hard for me to think like, but I would just say some days I come home and I'm like, I just want to watch mind numbing television, right? Watch yeah. freaking How I Met Your Mother or The Office, right? Something I don't have to think. Well, about. then you're not a true football guy. Is that football guy then? pushes through all football season? Yeah. Mm. Like you Big know, Cat says, it's harder cold to watch. Call. I cold call. All day long for my job. So some days when I come like, home, I don't want to watch uh, Appalachian uh, State uh, slap. Uh, you know, hold hold, hold on your ass. horses there. As Big Cat says, it is harder to watch football for 12 hours straight than playing a game. I love Big Cat. Big Cat's a fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> at some points there, man. Like, you know, uh, I, I love I love part of my take. You know, they, they have a great show, right? And, you know, the jokes of it all is is great. But you know, I, just in the real life aspect of it, like I would like to think that I would come home to watch those games, right? But my my wife might have something different, <laughs> right? You know, my wife loves Big Brother, so do I. Right. But well, you know what? I mean, if that, that came to bit. it, I mean, <laughs> so throw the ring off. Ah, I love my life a little too much, but like, <laughs> I would like to think I would watch it on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. But why not? I, I understand high school football is huge in some parts of the area of the country, right? Especially where I'm from. High school is a pretty big deal, right? You know, where we're from, Texas, all that. But why not Friday? You know, but I still don't understand the thing of like, you know, still can't be on Saturdays. I know, but you have all these. You have the these reason are, why these are all the networks you have CBS, NBC, Fox, um, ESPN, which is ABC pretty much. But then you also have all these streaming services that you can stream all these like ESPN plus, if you have all those games that you can just still stream on like just Saturday during the day. Right. That's what freaking the reason why they play during the day most of the time. But what I was getting at is the reason why I put them at Tuesday and Wednesday night is because nobody, unless you are just a die hard rice owl fan, you are not watching the rice game. When Alabama's playing Oregon, well, yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. That's why I'm saying, like, that's why I said no Saturdays, play Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Well, and at this point, at this point, why not make Division Two spring football? I've actually thought instead of spring games, why don't the Power Five scrimmage the Group of Five and sell tickets to it? That's actually a thing. I think uh, that was just brought up. Mac, right? Mac just the, uh, Mac. The, the Mac uh, just tried to uh, yeah implement that. They they literally just asked for permission from the NCAA to to scrimmage other group of five teams. And also, spring, I think which would be dope. Another that's what the NFL does. You see all the fights. Yeah, that's where all the drama I, comes in. Well, I also believe that instead of having a, you should. I believe you should move fall camp up to the beginning of July mm-hmm. and all of August, you have two scrimmages against power five t- or group of five teams, two spring games now. No, no. I'm talking about scrimmages. That's what I'm saying. But like sc- spring games though. Yeah. Is Why this one, not? Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Is this going to be full on games or, you know, you know, they're going to petition to have the quarterback wear blue jerseys though. They're not going to risk a torn ACL and come back. Yeah, I have to, but I'm talking See, about like everything that. else. Is if that's cool. the case, just play each other. That's what I would say. If you're going to have the quarterback wear a blue shirt or a green well, shirt. Well, then I'm I'm okay with taking off the blue shirt. Well, See, that's what I would like is like 
in the spring, spring football just gives us hope that it's around the corner, even though it's still like four or five months off. Right. But at that, at that case, if we're going to scrimmage each other, you got to scrim, you got to play each other. Right. Especially if you're going to sell out the stadium for that stuff. Because only the true diehards. Let's bring up Oklahoma for a second. Let's be honest. Only the true diehards are going to come to the spring games. If you give a whiff of football anywhere near a stadium, things getting filled up. They Oklahoma hasn't sold out a spring game. I don't know how long. Well, they're about to go to the SEC, and what I'm saying is, when this timetable that I'm that we're talking about, it's five years down the road, six years down the road. You're telling me that when they're in the SEC. That they're not going to sell that out, Dylan. I'm not telling the you, game. nope. Okay, <laughs> I don't think so. The only team I know for sure that does that is Nebraska, and that's because it's a Alabama it's, does it, LSU Alabama. does it, uh, I don't Florida, know LSU, Georgia, I don't think LSU all of them it. do, all of them do. I'm gonna look you. that up. I'm gonna look it up. You, you, you may be right, and I will admit if I was wrong. But the only person I was thinking Bama probably does, and probably A and M because A and M is Georgia the most does. I know place for sure. I know. Uh, but Nebraska is the only other place i've seen do that but i'm gonna look that up we'll talk about that on the next one but because we are running out of time here but yeah. uh football just needs to get here because i know yes. it's just been over but we we're we're just going over these things now but uh next episode we're going to be talking like the combine right we're going to be going over you know the combine results there but we're also going to talk about getting ready for march madness yeah we're going to get ready for march madness but another thing i want to talk to you about is the new look sec in the next couple of years and the options that have been thrown out there and where Oklahoma, Texas is going to be, if they're going to switch things up like East, West, you know, um, if they're going to have certain pods and stuff like that. Cause I saw a diagram the other day. That's pretty interesting. I'm going to talk about that in the next episode when we have a lot more time to go, to go over that, but uh, I'm excited, you know, March Madness is going to be awesome. We'll, we'll kind of release the details for the, uh, the group bracket that we're going to have. Maybe, maybe we'll have some prizes, you know, for the top winner, we'll see. Uh, but if I win myself, I'll just make sure, you know, we'll do something. I'm not sure because I know I'm going to win. So, but other than that, JD, before we end it, you got anything else? Uh, boomer sooner to everybody. And I can't wait for football to be back already. Yeah. Football back, but we're going to enjoy uh, basketball and we'll see how big baseball goes because college baseball want, is so cool. I want, yes, one thing I do want to do is, if I'm able to, if we're able to, I want to get a March Madness bracket thing going for the College World Series, the trip to the College World Series. Is that a thing? I can make it happen. You can make it a thing. No, the one thing about this, folks, is uh, one thing I've learned about JD and brackets growing up is this dude loves brackets and he will make a bracket for anything. So uh, we'll keep this. This is coming from two brothers that would play we would watch simulated NCAA football games and make a bracket God. to just to make a tournament to see who wins it all. Like this is what we did in our summers. Yep. We're stupid. We jumped off the third story of our house on the trampolines and watched computer football games. So anyway guys, that's it for us today. Um you know look out uh, for the next uh, commercial coming back uh next commercial I'm sorry next episode coming out March Madness Combine SEC, the future of college football. Again, JD wearing his OU Trader shirt. Uh, he's still one of those uh, petty OU fans. Uh, hey, I'm man. With him, it was cold in here. I just had to put a sweatshirt on. I man. understand. It's pretty cold down in Louisiana, right? So, anyway, guys, see you next week. Deuces.